Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Carol Tuttle Child Whisperer Show. For the next hour, be prepared to be blown away as Carol shares some amazing tips and how-tos that are guaranteed to revolutionize your parenting experience. Each week, Carol brings her creative, hands-on approach to parenting using the unique model of child whispering, her vast knowledge of natural healing methods, and her passion and drive to help you become the best parent you can be. Carol is the mother of five grown children who all turned out to be pretty amazing people and are now becoming parents of their own, giving Carol the chance to become an even better grandparent. Welcome to today's show. Good morning. Welcome to the Child Whisper Show. I hope your week is starting out nicely and you're really enjoying your family. It's winter time and I know in some parts of the country where it's colder and where I live snowier, you get a little bit cooped up. So make sure you get out, get a break, uh, both by yourself with your own needs to be met as a parent, but also with your younger children. School, school-age children and teens, obviously they're getting out. It's those six and under, that group, that the toddlers, the, the little ones, especially our toddlers that need um, the type ones and the type threes that need a little more variety in their lives and the walls of their own home every day. So I encourage you to tune into that and what does your child really wanting that they don't know how to ask for. They're asking for it through their whining, their their resistance, their their tantrums. That's how they're asking you when they're that little. I should do a show on that, how toddlers are speaking to you, how to decode the toddler. That would be good. It's a good title. So a couple announcements before I jump into today's topic, which I'm really thrilled about. I love this topic today, and uh, I'm excited to share my insights with you. The... um, Things that I'd like to share with you with some announcements is if you're addressing your truth member, if you're not, hey, either way, we've got a sale going on right now. So make sure you jump on over to dressingyourtruth.com. You've got an opportunity to save money in both the store. Our Valentine's sale started today, and we've got discounts all around, I think even on the courses. So check that out. It's a great time to get involved in dressing your truth and a great time to pick up some wonderful um, clothing, jewelry, makeup, um, hair care, skin care. We've got it all to meet your needs. So check out DressingYourTruth.com. It's honestly one of the most empowering programs I've ever created in behalf of womankind to help us truly know ourselves and live from that truth and to look fabulous in that truth every day. So thank you for your your support if you're addressing your truth member. And uh, another announcement, we have a great support system in the Child Whisperer world. You can go to thechildwhisperer.com. There you'll find a blog, the Child Whisperer blog, and you'll also find a forum there. And you'll also um, find a book club kit if you would love to use the Child Whisper in one of your book clubs, there's that there. So if you've not, oh, we have a wonderful collection of videos, How to Profile Babies, Children, and Teens, all available to support you. So make sure you go to thechildwhisper.com. And if, you, if you've not yet bought the book, that's available by going to the website and you'll find the information there to purchase the Child Whisper. So thank you if you have bought the book and read the book and are applying your child whispering, newfound child whispering skills. Congratulations to you. And I believe that you're seeing a difference. I was talking to someone recently. Child whispering doesn't eliminate challenges necessarily in your parenting world. It certainly eliminates a lot of unnecessary ones that are a byproduct of parenting your child contrary to their nature, but you're still going to have challenges. It just gives you a resource and a toolkit to now come from a different place to meet those challenges and to have 
greater success when met and to allow you, again, the basis of child whispering is what I call an intuitive approach to parenting. And so you're not going to find all the answers in the book and you're not going to find it on the website or the forum or the child whisper page on Facebook. They will come through you. They will be given to you. They will be provided as you now have a framework to understand your child in its in your child's most core basic expression of self. A lot of your answers are received intuitively. So trust that process to continue to develop and to mature for you because you're new at it and it needs to mature. It's new. And you just naturally have are given to that, especially as a mother, and are granted that as a father. So today I want to talk about disciplinary approaches that we tend to um, employ that often shame our children that are kind of standard protocol that we've become accustomed to because they've been happening for so many generations. And it was interesting to me last night, I was um, shown one in a kind of indirect manner. I play a lot of tennis, and I was playing tennis last night with a uh, group of men and women. It's called Mixed Doubles. And on the opposing side, the woman that was my opponent on the other team, she would frequently go through this process of frustration. And I thought, that's very interesting to me. Why do people? Because I personally don't do it to myself. I don't do this. And and I'll explain to you what she did. I'm going to just give her a fake name. I'm going to call her Tammy. She'd make a mistake. She would hit the ball in the net or she'd overhit and she'd get really angry at herself, and in a third-person voice, she'd say, Tammy, what are you doing? So I thought, yeah, personally, I don't, I do not do that. I don't call myself, I don't go, Carol. You know, I don't have that kind of conversation in my mind anymore. And I looked at that, and I went, where does that come from? And I was like, oh, my gosh. She's her now parent. She's parent, the parent to herself. She's a type 3 woman. And I thought, I bet she heard that a lot as a child where she heard one or both parents saying, Tammy, you know, and in the tone of voice and the way it was said, the bigger message was, stop what you're doing. It's not okay what you're doing. It's not appropriate. Now, the problem with that is when we use that approach, so that's the, and what dawned on me was, Oh, my goodness. That's the number one way we are indirectly disciplining our children that's shaming to them. And I use the word indirectly very specifically because there's no direct feedback there. There's a lot of opportunity for a child to go, what did I do wrong? I'm not even sure. Because in most cases, children are just moving through life, especially the younger they are. They're doing their thing. They're acting true to their nature. They're moving in their natural expression, and then they get called out with a voice, a tone of voice in their name that says, it's not okay. But there's no sort of, okay, all they know is, all right, I'm in trouble. I'm in trouble. And, and a lot of times they may not know why. Now, they may learn over time by the time they're, Older, oh, I'm in trouble for that. But that imprints them with the message, don't trust yourself and don't move true to yourself. Don't be your natural self. Because now they're imprinted. They carry this imprint that says, even my name, I was given the feedback through my name that who I am is not okay because I got in trouble. So how often are you using your child's name in a disciplinary approach, indirectly by saying, Carol, Johnny, uh, you know, how often are you using their name to get their attention to discipline them? And that's it. It's like nothing else is said. It's basically kind of the warning call. Uh, Okay, warning, you're you're in trouble or you're going to get in trouble. And I'm going to use your name to deliver that in a in a tone of voice that's demeaning or scary or 
has some quality of you need to feel guilty now. So, yeah, obviously I thought, well, sorry for her. I'm going to stay really clear here, and I'm going to play really good tennis. And my partner, I did win because that builds such a – the energy starts tanking when people start doing that. It's interesting because when athletes, you know, they go into parent-child mode in their mind and then they start to speak it, it's like they're now their own parent shaming their inner child saying, you know, you shouldn't be making those mistakes. You know, that's not okay. Where my approach, and this is just a side note with athletics, is to to recognize what I did and, and just correct, you know, what's the correct then to correct. And, I, you know, it's not about am I good or bad. It's just, all right, how can I improve my shot? What do I got to do different there? Because I keep making this, you know, if I keep making this mistake. Um, oh, and believe me, I've had plenty of moments where I've had to heal that little Carol because that's just something that was triggered in me from my childhood. Because any time, you know, I've had many, many opportunities in my adult life to now heal that inner child because. In my childhood, the message was sent to me, it's not okay to be you. And I probably had my name said, Carol. You know, it was that's probably why it caught my attention. It's like, I'm sure that happened to me, you know. And I probably did it to my kids. I, I like, I, you know, I was fairly, in the spite of my dysfunction, I was a fairly conscious parent because I was highly, highly motivated to, straight, you know, make a lot of uh, generational change in my family line. So um, I don't think I, I thought I caught, I, I'm confident I caught on very quickly what was a shaming aspect to my kids. And so I was very accountable to myself on that one, not to, um, in my best effort now, on a day that things weren't going so well, and I wasn't taking care of myself, or I needed emotional healing. You know, there's a lot of stuff coming up for me. But I got myself help very fast. When I was 29 years old, I put myself, I think I was 27, right around there. I put myself in therapy because I knew I was not safe to my children 24-7. And at the time, in 1987, um, yeah, I would have been 29 at the time, I would not have had the reference to a more holistic healing path all I knew was I got to go see a therapist. So I was, I and I put myself in therapy, and I saw a psychotherapist for two years, trying to get. Um, and that's what started all this. Was my started to do my inner work, my personal work, because I knew what was going on with me was harmful to my children, and I did not want to wound the next generation. And had a lot of a lot of cleaning up to do. Yeah, you know, and I'm not going to get into that story, but it, you know, I, how, where are you? The, so that's the number one way I think we just indirectly will shame, use that as a disciplinary approach, using our child's name, getting their attention, using a tone of voice. It's like the warning call, or it is the disciplinary action. But again, there's no guidance there, and there's no direction. Discipline is, in its highest form, is meant to guide and offer correction and clarity. Not to warn, not to shame, not to guilt. Because the child then has no resource to be able to say, well, okay, if that's not correct. And in most, in a lot of cases, what they're doing is true to their nature. It just needs to be tweaked. So they can do it with, uh, they can move forward in their life with the choices they're making, that their behavior, that they can be more successful, allowing their true expression to move them in a manner that they're successful with it rather than sabotage or rather than pushing your buttons. And, again, that button pushing thing could be, that could be more about you than what they're doing. And that's where you got to take care of yourself. You need to look inside yourself and say, you know, if my child is pushing my buttons this much, is it really appropriate that they have to modify themselves so I don't get my buttons pushed? Or is it my job to go in and do this emotional healing that is showing itself to me so I don't have any more buttons? So that button isn't there, you know. That, that and, 
every case where your emotional buttons are pushed, that question should be asked to yourself. Because otherwise, you're going to be disciplining your children out of frustration, emotional frustration, anger. Um, your emotions are, are charged. And then you're disciplining from that place. And when you discipline from that place of an emotional charge, you cannot help but shame your child because you're not clear. You're not free to instruct, to guide, to offer clarity, correction. That's discipline in its higher form. And so check in with yourself. How are you showing up in your disciplinary approach? Is it, you know, um, model A, you're frustrated, your emotions are stirred up, and your expressions then, your tone of voice, the way you're saying things, are shaming to your child? Or is it through model B? You're clear. You under you know, there's something that your child needs support with. They need guidance. They need um, clarity. You're going to uh, be guided through intuition, understanding their nature, which of the four types they are, and you're going to be giving that. You're going to be supporting them in that. You're going to be inviting them to participate in that and not just be the one to deliver it, that that's a mutually supportive conversation, even with a three-year-old. You know, they're talking to you. You can have a mutually supportive conversation. So discipline in its highest form involves your child having a say in that. You know, and so we have this idea that to discipline a child, if they've done something that we deem to be incorrect, inappropriate, um, contrary to our value system, uh, they need to feel in, in the act of discipline, they need to feel shame, guilt, and bad about it. I question that. Do they, you know, guilt in a manner of saying, I get what I did, I choose to correct this. You know, in religious terminology, they call that repentance. But shaming and feeling bad, you know, I'm a really bad person, I feel that's a really old model. I feel that's... um that disempowers us rather than empowers us to strive to be our true selves and to, you know, really show up in our highest form as human beings. You know, I don't think that there's that component that needs to be attached to disciplining to say, you should really feel bad about this. You know, I'm, you know, and then we, we as parents, you know, it's like then you're like, because if that belief is attached to discipline, then you're going to keep, trying to get your child to feel bad. And then, then when they feel bad, it's like, all right, now you get it. You finally feel bad. Okay, now you're getting it. You know, I think, I think a certain sense of remorse, regret, uh, based on, oh, I see where I could have made another choice. And because I love myself and I trust myself, I aspire to make that choice versus, man, I better make a, bit, a different choice. So I, because I'm just a bad person and to correct my badness, I better make another choice. Oh, and so, you know, we're, we're, we're offering this to our children because we're offering them that we're either giving them this opportunity or we're not. And so really look at your discipline and how, what is your belief around discipline really and how much shame do you think it needs to involve? Now, I'm going to go through each of the four types quickly and just mention something that we'll do that will be shaming to each of those types. And today I'm going to start with type four, because this was pointed out to me in a question that um, was recorded on a previous radio show with a mom, and I was able to point this out to her, and this actually got me thinking about this topic to even do the show. She had, I don't remember the age of her type four child, let's just say around eight or nine, maybe even six to nine, somewhere in that age range. Old enough that the type four is now starting to, through um, a sense of their nature to be authoritative, they're starting to um, give feedback to other siblings, you know, to younger siblings in a manner trying to parent them. Now that comes from their natural um, expression of being authoritative, so their intent is not, there's no ill intent there. They're doing what they just do naturally, but they don't have the guidance to know how, where, and 
the application of that and the place where it's not appropriate where it is. So we're teaching this is appropriate, this is not appropriate. So the mom's way of dealing with it was to say around other family members, you're not the parent. And I said to her, well, okay, that has, your child has nowhere to go with that. It's like there's no correction, there's no guidance, there's no clarity. You're not the parent. And so when you tell a type for a child, you're not the parent. They're left with nothing. They're left with feeling embarrassed, and they're left with now disrespecting you because they're like, I don't get it, you know, because they're only doing what they feel is natural. So I told her it would be really valuable for you to take your child aside in a private setting and, and first honor their their natural gift to have this ability to to see right and wrong in the world, to see a better way, and then to then teach them that that doesn't necessarily apply to everyone's experience. That's particular for their experience. And you have to, again, choose words that are appropriate for the age. But then to explain to them that um, that's appropriate for yourself and for you to, if you're really concerned about something, to come to mom and dad and share that. It's not your role or your job to tell your brother or sister what they should or shouldn't be doing and and explain that in contexts where they're able to be instructed now and they're able to be honored in that instruction and say you know I, you know if you and if it becomes that they are not willing to stop and then you need to discuss all right if you keep choosing that there needs to be a consequence you know what what should we come up with the consequence now the consequences are just reinforcement at that point to say you're not remembering. Do you need more motivation to remember, to really get this? And in the type 4 world, to invite them to be able to choose the consequences, very respectful of them, to work that out with them. Now, in the type 3 world, the um, one of the most embarrassing things is, and I speak of this firsthand, is being being shushed or being told to be quiet in front of other people. It's embarrassing and it's shaming because it's like, you know, I wasn't trying to be loud. And I've, you've heard me talk about this. It's not like I'm even thinking about it. It's not like, um, you know, I, I just, that's the way it came out. And so if there, if it is, if, if a type 3 child is louder than, and, and then to say to them in a in a place where others are around, use your indoor voice. I mean, it's just funny. Oh my goodness! Don't you know? Don't. It's like the older a type three gets, the more that's just irritating. So it's like, um, yeah, maybe a lot of times it doesn't even need to be said. And if it really does, again, take your child aside and just say, "You probably don't realize this, but um, again, and, and maybe too loud for you, but maybe it isn't too loud. I don't know. There's there's a judgment call on that one. So you got to kind of look at that and, and receive some inspiration on that one. And is it, where's your child at? Yeah, again, just um, you don't, you know, you don't realize that you're talking louder. And I love how passionate you are. You know, just validate it. I love it. I love your enthusiasm for life. And would it, you know, you you probably know I'm going to ask you to bring your voice down. Or what do you think of doing that? Again, the younger the child, the more you're not having that conversation as a dialogue. But do it in private, you know. Or, you know what, they're too little. You need to remove them. They're may just not, they're not in an environment that they can be in balance with, you know. They can't sit at that when they're three years old, they can't sit at that restaurant booth for an hour. You know, it, it's not going to work. So is your environment not matching your type 3 child and their particular needs at the age they are? And make better choices around that. Now, a type 2, you know, you can, this isn't shaming, you know, this is the delicate child. This is a sensitive child. This is a child that gets their feelings hurt very easily because they're so emotionally based. And so just be very aware of that um, being invasive in any manner. And so rather than, there's just, the number one thing is, there's lots of things 
in this child's world. So lead with sensitivity to that child and awareness of that. And discipline them gently. Discipline them with kindness. You know, you can be a lot more direct with the type 3 to just say, all right, that's enough, that's enough, and distract them, you know. It's like my my grandson. He's having a fit because he wants something, and it's like, wow, did you see that over there? Oh, my goodness, let's go check that out. And he's like, what? Something new. And that's true for type 1 also. So in the type 2 world, just really um, an always sensitive sensitivity to how you approach them. Then in the type 1 world, you know, the, it really this what your expectation of a child that naturally is more random and unstructured to expect them to not be that way and then discipline them for not being that way. Number one, to teach them what responsibility looks like that's really contradictive to how they move through the world. And I did a really great blog post on the carolblog.com where I interviewed a type 1 woman and we talked about what being responsible is. And I'm going to say that this radio show gets um, listened to by one of my assistants who writes notes and creates the blog post that goes on the Child Whisper. So I'm going to ask Kathy to plug in a link to this video because what's happening with type 1 children who are naturally more random and unstructured, they're taught to be responsible, looks more structured and more consistent than they're capable of fully pulling off. And so when then they're disciplined to then, you know, be to have behavior modification to conform to that because they grow up with this un- perception of what being responsible is. And in this blog video, I interviewed this woman and she was in frustration a lot because she was trying to be responsible as a type 1 according to what she was taught being responsible was. And in the video, I had her come up with her own type of responsible true to her nature. Because being responsible, when you look up the word and you look up responsibility, responsible, it doesn't have a particular way of doing that. It just the definition of that is that you're that you're in integrity. You're, you know, you do what you say you're going to do. You, um, and and so for type ones, that look that needs to look like how a type one would be responsible. So how are you supporting your, you know, are you disciplining your type one child in a manner to try to modify their behavior to be more structured and more consistent? within their world of unstructured inconsistency. They can be structured. They can be consistent as it is in within their bigger world of inconsistency and less structure. So it is possible because they lead with that more buoyant movement and that more inconsistent movement to then choose the things they choose to be consistent with with an ability to be inconsistent with things that don't really need consistency. See, turning in your homework needs consistency. Does going to bed at the same time every night really need consistency? No. See, so what things will support them in consistency? What things really can have more randomness to let them express that more fully? And so that's an opportunity for you to look at that as a parent and say, where am I expecting consistency and more structure where it really isn't that um, necessary? And where are the places that it would be the most supportive to my child so they can learn to be successful in their um, endeavors in life? So those are my tips for, uh, you know, the whole... Just lots of content here. I really encourage you to re-listen to this again. Take great notes. We'll have a blog post up about it. Um, those go up pretty quick at the childwhisper.com. Uh, really great opportunity to really take a good look at your disciplinary approaches and how, to what degree is it shaming your child. And really, 
wow, get on your knees and pray about that one and say, be, be, be daring. Say, God, show me blatantly. Show me. Put it, make, make it so clear to me. Show me where I'm shaming my children and I don't know it. Because honestly, I don't think parents wake up and say, all right, what are the five ways I can shame my child today? Okay, let's do this. You don't do that. But because you're emotionally triggered and you're not balanced, you're, you're you know, there we go. That's just the domino effect. And, and it's, it's what gets going. So, and just old models of parenting that you were, um, that were modeled to you that have taught, you know, that have suggested this is how it needs to look. So you have an opportunity to reform that, to be a more conscious parent and to really be an intuitive parent, to be a child whisperer. So I invite you to really look at that this week. And I'd love to hear from your... um, I'm going to be doing a show in a few weeks. We've had a lot of... uh, a lot of listens to a show I did a um, few weeks back called Child Whispering Success Stories. So I decided I'm going to do that again, more Child Whispering Success Stories. That's had close to 5,000 listens, and I'm really thrilled that people are wanting to hear personal experiences and your successes because that's the application of this information in day-to-day life that's really inspiring and really gives people more um, insights, parents more insights. So we're going to be doing that again. So I'm I'm going to expect to hear some success stories from those of you that have listened to today's shows and you've had big ahas and you've been able to really shift some things with your kids. So now I'm going to open the show to my live callers um, and I'll, I'll hopefully be able to get to a few of my written-in questions. People do submit questions at parenting at liveyourtruth.com. And the best way to make sure your questions are answered is to call into the show live. And you can call in at 347 677 one nine six three. My first caller is calling in from eight zero one. Hi, you're live on the show. It's eight zero one six four four. Hi, Carol. This is Kalia. Hi. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. I I am a type two, and I just have a question about my type four daughter. So she. Well, it's interesting because the show is like perfect for what I had a question about because I was raised by authoritarian parents, you know, parents who were very similar to what you're talking about today. And reading the book, I think, has just brought a lot of stuff to the surface for me about, you know, things that have happened in my childhood and not being raised true to my nature. And um, anyway, I have a daughter who's nine months old, and she is a type four. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of stuff is coming to the surface for me from, like, because um, my mother is a type four. So I think, okay. I, I wanted to ask you if you feel if you think maybe she could be mirroring some things for me. So well, yeah, because whenever um, you present that energy in your life, when that energy is present, it is an energy. It's an energy mm-hmm. that's felt, that's experienced, that's it's a vibrational quality. So now that is present in your life, that's going to stir up um, what exactly what bring to the surface things that mm-hmm. you're ready to heal that were um re- that's reflective of your mother see mm-hmm. so again she's like a messenger in a way or a mirror yeah. And, yeah. and your consciousness of that is just such an advantage because you can yeah. now recognize it's not her it's just the energy that's stirring it up yeah mhm cuz i was really struggling with like she doesn't, she doesn't want to cuddle with me. She right. doesn't want to, you know, because she just, she yeah. would rather be set down and left to her own devices, and which is, you know, I'm, I'm sure most parents would love that. But <laughs> no, no, type two mommies struggle with that a lot. Yeah. It's tough. You know, Anne has that had has had that same resolution with Katie being a three four, not being snuggly, not being yeah. a cuddler, and so again, if your mom was more rigid in her parenting approach and, and kind of hands-off, you yeah. you know, you definitely, the, the thing that is important for you to acknowledge and to tell that inner child is to say her hurt, her and that she suffered from that, that she went without, and that's valid. 
See, yeah. that's valid. That's not wimpy. That's not poor me. That's not weak. That's you needed more physical contact than you got. You needed more touch, more affection than you received. And and for you to validate that in your own inner experience to that um, part of your psyche that's still holding, you know, the side effects of that, that yeah. is still, that is healing. That is yeah. healing. And, and um, you know, if, you're, if your spouse is willing to just hug you, <laughs> sit there and hold you yeah. once in a while, that would be a nice yeah. thing. Yeah, and I'm wondering, too, because my mom is, she's really involved in everything now, and she really loves the books, too, and we're just wondering, like, what can we do now to, like, move forward, I guess? Tell her, you know, when you just need a hug from her, because you are an adult now, and yet yeah. you have that right, and if she's open to that and receptive to that, yeah. say, Mom, could you, you know, I just, I could just, could you sit here and just hug me? That would be <laughs> awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I think yeah. it's really cool that your mom would offer that to you, you know, that she'd be able to yeah. show up that way now because it's just, yeah. it just kind of sets it right. Yeah. Do you think that we should, like, di- like talk about stuff that's happened in the past, like bring everything to the surface? or You know, you can dredge around in this stuff a lot. And for, an emotion, yeah. for emotional healing, you don't, I've learned, because I've done a lot of, you know, having to, Look at the story and talk about it. And I'm in my most recent passage of my healing work and my own emotional healing. I'm learning and really trusting it doesn't need as much talking as we think. Yeah. So just ask that if there's anything that needs to be that would be supportive, that it will just naturally present itself. But don't go looking for yeah. it because yeah. emotions don't need the mind to heal. See, the mind yeah. thinks it needs to do something with it, but. The emotional body, the emotional aspect of who we are, just needs to be felt to heal. Yeah. It knows what to do. It comes back into balance when we allow our feelings. And, that, and that, you know, it is from your childhood. It is yeah. from a little girl that you were. That's the part of you. And so for you to be able to say, you know, this is my, even if you can visualize yourself as a little girl hurting, you know, mm-hmm. that, yeah, I just, my mom, you know. And then taking on that belief that type 2s do to think that their emotional needs are neediness, which then equates to weakness. Yeah. Which is incorrect. Yeah. So it's just changing my mindset. (laughs) Yeah, see, but you're on your way. Everything's like, it's great. And what a great thing to know. Um, you're, You're, you know, just to have the knowledge you have with, your child's so young. It's yeah. it's awesome. I just well, really commend you for your your how open you are. Well, like, and it's really changed our relationship so much. Like, and it's so silly because she's only nine months old. But I mean, I just respect her so much more now. Like, yeah, knowing her true nature and who she is. Yeah, like, it just so cool. It's changed our relationship yeah. already. Yeah, she. So. She wasn't. She probably struggled with, you know, why am I not so warm and fuzzy? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> What's wrong with me as a mother? You know, that's the other yeah. side. Type four moms are like, what's yeah, wrong with me? You know? Yeah. <laughs> I just want to yep. go be by myself. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So. Well, thank you so much. Thank You're you. welcome. Thanks for your call. Okay. Bye. 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 My next caller is from two zero eight. You're live on the show. Hi, Carol. This is Kimberly. Hi, hi Kimberly. Um, hi. First, I want to thank you so much for your books. Boy, I'm getting emotional already. Can you tell I'm a type two? <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it oh. because you know you're you're um, good role models. Because I think type twos probably the most probably type twos listen more than anyone, but are the least that call in and see you're paving the way because they're like, oh, Carol's nice <sighs> to type twos. <laughs> <laughs> this is very scary too. But anyway, um I started with Dressing Your Truth was the first one I read and immediately found my husband was a type four. I mean, to the T. I don't know what else he is, but he is a type four. <laughs> yeah, I hear that a lot, you know. Uh my husband's a four four. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So first that realization that he wasn't just being a jerk sometimes. <laughs> but Call you know, that's his, yes. Yes, and I finally realized, oh, okay, that's not just directed at me. That's 
just how he is. Right, right. <laughs> but my question is, the way I, my two boys are both either first type twos or very, you know, very strong type twos as well. And my husband is very, well, very type four, very masculine, you know, macho kind of thing. Yeah. And so when my boys are prone to tears at times or right. uh, my older boy will burst into tears How all the time. How old are your boys? Um, my boy, the oldest one's almost 10 and the other okay. one's almost 8. Okay. So, so the 8-year-old... Yeah, the eight-year-old wants to sit on my lap still, and okay. he's always, okay. you know, touching and hugging and sure. and always paying compliments. And my husband just thinks that, you know, they're being girls. They're, you know, that that's Does a comment from all like the time. That to him? Yes, and now after yeah. this week's show and last week's show, I think, oh my gosh, what have we done to our kids already? <laughs> well, yeah, that's shaming them, and that's actually <laughs> yeah. politically incorrect because it's like, what do you mean? You know, I'm like, I hear men yeah. say that, like. Oh, like girl is weak, and I'm like, oh, okay. You know, you say that to a type threes around you're like, really? You've got to be kidding. And you know? my my <laughs> like, oldest daughter is a type three, and all the time, see. Yeah, you know, you're like, yeah. the, fe- the female population is weak. <laughs> yeah, okay, that that. And I'm a very secondary really type three in my world. <laughs> yeah, I'm almost. I mean, a very very close type three. So yeah, we always. Tell him that's not nice. <laughs> okay, my first question that. is: He open to this information? Um, like I'm, the child I'm slowly working it in there. The book he was almost mad when I bought the child whisperer book, just why? because he said, "Why do you need help in parenting? Nobody else knows how to parent your kids." <laughs> but when I so, told him just little bits and pieces here and there, is more he of interested? Your kind of, and is he would? He, well, let's see. I'm getting the impression of someone that doesn't want to be wrong. You know, yes. <laughs> need to be right. But what motivates him? Would he want to know if he's shaming his child? Yes, he would. Then you need That's to come why when from I can there. slip little things in. And you need to do it privately kind of... with him. Like, he's just the same. Don't be talking to him in front of your kids. Don't okay. call him out. Don't reprimand. Don't give him feedback in front well, of your children. Yes, and I have. He's told me don't. that. I don't know how many times. Yeah, don't, don't. He will not listen I, to you if you're doing that, because now yeah. you're teaching them to not respect him. And in his world, he's the father. He should be respected. That's just his role. It's like yes. I'm the father. You respect me. That's the world yep. he lives in. So again, you need to, this for me. I would ask my angels to create a time for me to have this conversation. And then I would, when the opportunity presented itself, or I felt moved to initiate it and ask that we, I see, oh, there's something very important to me as a parent that I want to talk to you about, and I want to do it in private, and I want to do it in full respect of you. And there's things I need to say. And then I would do what I teach as my energetic figure eights. I would just imagine weaving energy between your two hearts, that you would touch his heart. This will, his heart will hear this that his heart will hear this and it will bypass his need to be right and his defense system. And then I'd have a very heartfelt conversation. And if he wasn't ready to listen, I would not try. I'd continue and say, well, I'm not going to try and convince you. You know, I I know this is shaming to our children. I know. Okay. And it's not appropriate. And whether, you know, and there are people that have, information that can support us as, as parents mm-hmm. you know and i'm open you know i'm not and and i'm open to people guiding me to be you know that's the thing about my information i do believe you know better than anyone but you haven't had a frame of reference to access that oh without I knowing totally agree. That, see? <laughs> see so see that to yep. me resolves both issues it's like you know, if you were to explain, you know, Carol Tuttle's information honors the fact that parents do know best, but when they don't understand their children, they can't act in their best as mm-hmm. parents. That was really good. That should be a, like. Yes, I agree. <laughs> you can't act in your best when you don't know who your child is. Yes. But I Just know you little... do know best when given the tools, when given the framework. Mm-hmm. The little so, time that I've been reading your books and studying it, it's made a world of difference in my parents. I mean, 
just yeah. trying to understand my kids and going, oh, that's why you do what you do. Well, you need you need to, again, he's not going to trust you if you're not respecting him. See, he's not going to listen to you. And so if you have incidents where you're coming back at him in front of the kids, he's not going to yes. be open, see, because right now he's like, you know, you don't respect me, and I'm not going to listen to you then. So how do I do it without getting emotional, too? <laughs> Because you know what? I know he Maybe kind of if it bothers I... him, then you say, "Excuse me, I've got you know this is emotional to me, and I'm going to take care of that." And it's like when my husband, I I have a lot of type four in me, and I it's very typical for type fours to it's difficult a tendency in the type four world is listening to other people chew when you're not eating. Mm-hmm. Like if he's sitting there in the family room and watching television, he's eating food. <laughs> I can't. That drives I, my like, husband nuts. Oh. And so rather than me telling him to modify his behavior so I'm not irritated, I will just leave the room. You know, I'll okay. get up and remove myself because it's like, mm-hmm. okay, this i got to take care of myself. This one. Now, if we're driving in the car and I can't leave, I will ask him. I say, You know, I'll do it in a kind way. I'll just say, I know you probably don't remember, but... And you may not understand, but it is irritating to me. Is there, you know, how much, like, if I'll put my headset in, I'll work it out with them so that I'm not, like, getting mad. So in this case, if your emotions are triggering him, take care of yourself. And, again, but don't cater to that. So there's a okay. there's just a fine line there. Okay. That makes sense. So. Yeah, I think you're going to, you know, again, you're going to use your child whispering skills with him. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Because type fours become overly type four when they weren't respected and allowed to be their own authority in their early years. Yeah, and I don't think, I mean, he was, he was always treated like he, he was the second oldest, but he was the oldest boy and he was treated as an adult from the time he was little but he always got negative feedback for it at the same time. Yeah, yeah. He was expected so, to do everything, but, you know, his brothers and sisters still almost resent him for it. <laughs> yeah. So. Okay, right. well, thank well, you. I sure appreciate it. Great question. Thanks. Thank you. You're welcome. My next caller is from 801-648. You're live on the show. Hi, Carol. This is Tasha Hansen. Hi, Tasha. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Good. I really appreciated your um, your tips and stuff for discipline. That was really helpful. Thanks. So um, <clears throat> my question is very similar to your first caller. Um, I've been having a lot of problems with my type 2, two-year-old son. Um, he's kind of always been a, more of a challenge than my other children. But um, he... Um, He's just really, really super whiny and sad most of most of the time. And I know in the child whisper you say that when a type two is not honored or allowed to live their truth, they're really hypersensitive. Mm-hmm. And so um, I feel like I've I've tried a lot of things with him. We've changed his yeah. diet. We've yeah. we've done a lot of energy work with him. Um, but I just um, I don't know. I'm just I'm needing answers, and I was reading, I was just pouring over the type 2 section the other day and just praying for an answer for to help him, and it was interesting because I, I was having very strong emotional reactions to my own childhood, because mm-hmm. um, I'm also a type 2. Yeah. And I was just, I guess my question to you is, is by healing my own childhood, will that help him? You know, is it possibly a generational well, thing? My, that that I, was my um, sense, is he's just um and also there's a couple things going on your perception of him is he's in balance so he's going to show you that yeah so if you were to change your perception that he's well he's balanced he's um comforted he's he'll start to show that to you cuz he's going to respond to your perception of him and yeah okay. i think you're right on saying he's going to be a bigger mirror for you cuz he's your same type Mm-hmm. and just run emotion that's, um, you know, children can run our emotion for us. It's like it's a live stream. 
It's going through yeah. them instead of us feeling it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So you well, want to make I... sure when he's running it, bring it back to you. Literally, just say that's I'm gonna I'm gonna process that emotion. Um, bring it back to your system, and just then fill him with like a golden light. Yeah, that's that sounds really great. I like that. And then so your I, own system will process it. Okay. Because I just, I mean, I have four other children, and I, um, I feel so much hope for them, and I, you know, we've done so much work through the child whisperer with them, and yeah, and I guess it's his turn to. Yeah. Um, we just have those things to work through, and I just, I want to feel that hope for him, because right now I'm, I'm kind of scared for him to grow up that's, as a type two, and I know that that's... Well, that's more about your stuff then than him. Yeah, you're right. That's all reflect. That's all... The only way you could feel all that is based on your own story. Because you'd have no... It wouldn't, you know, without your story and your reference to, you know, it's it's like your other... There'd be no... It would just be a lovely energy, and you'd think, well, this is lovely. Yeah. It's type two. And, and see, the the fear comes from something that you had to live through or what you didn't get or what how it's been a struggle for you. And you don't want that for him, but the best way to um, feed energy to that is to fear it. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, and those are your, that's what is it in you, you know, turn that around to yourself to say, what is it that, uh, you know, ask, probably, you, have you ever done that, dominant, non-dominant handwriting? I haven't. See, I would do that. I would write a letter to your little child self, to the little Tasha, and say, you know, I'm noticing you're scared for my son. What are you scared about for him? Take your non-dominant hand and write back. You know, dear bigger self, I'm scared because... Because, see, the inner child in you is looking at him going, oh, no, you know, I don't want what happened to me to happen to him. So to get a, give that part of you a voice to start, and then you can start to parent that part of yourself. Yeah, that that sounds like exactly what would be helpful. You know, and let that, that little two, that little type two, two-year-old in you share what she never got to share and just receive it. And that in itself is very healing. And you'll know exactly what to do for him because it's exactly what you wanted and needed and let your two-year-old tell you. <laughs> yeah. Well, I easy. think that, that is pretty pretty amazing that through that book we're able to heal ourselves too. I think that's pretty awesome. I know. It is cool. Thank you. I'm glad that you're receiving that for yourself and... Really, one of my, I've said this before, one of the best things, I think I said it last, may have said it last week, I don't keep track of those things, that um, one of the best parenting trainings is your own healing of your own child self. Parenting your own child self is going to yeah. teach you more about how to parent what your kids need as you pay, as you tune in and get in touch with what were your, you know, what were your needs as a child that were yeah. not met. So, yeah, hey, thanks for wonderful. calling. Yeah, thanks Thank for you. calling in. You're welcome. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, I appreciate all of the type 2s that have called in today. Thank you so much. That was a treat. And um I have time to take let's see uh question that came in recently. It's from Sabrina, type 3, mom, Sabrina, type 3, dad, type 3, daughter, type 3, two-year-old, only child. I'm saying no to my child a lot during the day. How can I stop that? I'm just finding myself saying no a lot during the day and it's automatic response to the things she does. I'm also finding 
nap's very difficult because she will want to play, and if she doesn't listen to me right away, I find myself getting very angry. I'm using your healing center, so if any specific exercises, just let me know. Again, that's just again the mo- what was modeled. No, no, no. That's um, said more to a type 3 child than any other type. So you're just now, uh, it's the imprint on you. You're kind of just recycling that through your own child's life. So ask yourself, how many things am I saying no to that I don't need to say no to? Um, how can I set up the environment for my child so that they're free to express their true nature without having no be the response? So environmentally, what can you do to support that? And where you, the activities are involved in, the space of your home, the places you go. Uh, nap, you know, they're gonna they're in defiant mode now because if they're they're in resistance, if you're saying no and you recognize that you are, they're not going to be agreeable to nap time. They're going to say no to you. They're just going to come back with no. Because all the no's you're feeding them are now going to come back to you in some way. Because now you're both on the, you're in your defense energy. You're not in mutually supportive, cooperative energy. And so you can swing that around by shifting your nose to an affirmative environment, a yes, and good for you. And I've I've spoken about this so many times in the world and in the type three section in the book that even if it's something that needs correction or it needs to be stopped, it still can be met with a, wow, look at you. Meet it with a, yes, I love your energy. And, okay, where are we going with this? Yes, I love your energy. Yes, I love who you are. Instead of a first response of no says, no, I don't like your energy, and no, I do not like who you are. So for every of each, you know, I'm glad I like this question because you've now... Say yes to your child's energy and how you discipline them. I'm just so thrilled. I love the inspiration that comes through these shows. Say yes to your child's energy and who they are, the truth of who they are. And then whatever you have to, the no is about correcting, guiding, bringing clarity. Um, that's discipline that you want to enroll, that you want to approach discipline from that place. So have a great rest of the week. Thank you for listening today. Thank you for all of the those that listen via the recording and continue to dip into the archives. These shows are just wonderful. I'm grateful to be able to to produce these and be here for you. Thank you so much for letting me play this role in your lives. And remember, we started a sale today at DressingYourTruth.com. It's our Valentine's sale. We've got lots of good stuff to choose from. And so check it out. Um, Even if you've never bought the course yet, now's the time. Go for it. And happy Valentine's Day. Do something fun for Valentine's Day with your kids. Have a Valentine dinner. We always had a Valentine dinner. I would make heart-shaped pizza or I'd make heart-shaped meatloaf. We'd have raspberry lemonade. You can color your mashed potatoes um, pink or red. You can have dessert first because it's Valentine's Day. All kinds of fun things you do. So have fun on Valentine's Day with your family. And make sure you join the Facebook Child Whisper page, facebook.com forward slash the Child Whisper. There's, there's some really fun posts this week for Valentine's Day. And if you want to see me true to my nature, make sure you go to the Dressing Your Truth page. We put a video up yesterday that I filmed over the weekend. I do these short spot video, you know, there's 60-second videos that we've been producing for each of the pages. And I didn't even know this was so type 3. Somebody said, type 3, Carol, look at me. I I show you how I can put lip liner on with my eyes closed. And I'm like, I didn't even think about that. It was just so naturally came out of me. It's like, well, let me show you what I can do. That's pretty cool. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, that is very type three of me. Didn't even dawn on me that it was like, yeah, look at me. Isn't this cool? So anyway, thanks for letting me be my type three self with you. And I will talk to you next week. Everybody have a great rest of the week.
For more information on Carol's revolutionary Child Whisperer parenting system, go to www.thechildwhisperer.com where you can learn more about purchasing her groundbreaking parenting book, The Child Whisperer. That's www.thechildwhisperer.com. To submit questions to Carol Tuttle's Child Whisperer show, email your questions to parenting at liveyourtruth.com. That's parenting at liveyourtruth.com. Thank you for being a part of today's show. 